Welcome to a Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette Features Podcast. I'm Laura Jo Hightower. I'm here today with a dynamic duo of Theater Squared, Artistic Director and Co-Founder Bob, Bo- Bob Ford and Executive Director Martin Miller. Thanks so much for being with us today, you guys, to talk about your exciting new season. Ah, thank you, Laura. It's great to be here. Happy to be here. And Martin, you're doing double duty. You had to do a podcast earlier this week for us. I so. know. It's my best week ever. <laughs> <laughs> we really appreciate you taking the time to come back. Um, can we start off by talking a little bit about how the season is chosen? Um, d- who gets to submit scripts for review? About how many scripts do you think you read in the process? Tell us a little bit about how it works. I think it's fair to say that among our group of people around the table talking about season, we definitely read more than 100 scripts. Wow. Sometimes sometimes I would, I would go beyond that. But since I haven't counted them, that's as much as I'll say. Um, but we absolutely... Um, we were just talking about the phrase trust in the process. <laughs> yeah. It is, it is a, it's very daunting. And when the first, or some things that work well, but not with each other, and it's just a mysterious alchemy, but getting the right people around the table and listening and talking it through and then throwing everything out and starting over again tends to be the template. We uh, have regular conversations with uh, our friends and collaborators across the country. And so there's a constant flow uh you know we're constantly told oh you need to see this or you need to read this Mm -hmm. this would be a great t2 show um and then we talk with uh, the directors every time we hire a director i'm like so what have you seen what's what's out there what would you like to direct at theater squared um and uh and then yeah our staff which is you know many of whom well they're all passionate about theater and they all have ideas so it all gets put in a giant pot called our collective brain, <laughs> and um, yeah. And is it a formal process where you all gather at the same time around a table and sit down and hash it out, or does it sort of happen over email, over time? What's yes. that? Yes. <laughs> yes, both. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> uh, we, we, so there's a sort of, um, we use a Slack-like program called Google Chat, um, where there's always a lot of things flying back and forth. We email a lot of scripts to each other. We have a big reservoir of ships, of scripts, <laughs> ships we're going into <laughs> the maritime industry because Theater Square has been so successful. Uh, no, scripts. And um, so it's a continuing conversation. And then every few weeks, our terrific director of production, Kat Wepler, um, brings us back together around a table and we kind of talk through what we felt about certain shows. And some people will love a certain show and others won't love it as much or or maybe we'll all love something and then find out the rights just aren't quite available oh, yet you know um, which is getting less and less common um, because we have a more of a place at the table when we reach out to agents and playwrights and other producers to have to get the rights uh, yeah. what's incredible about this season is um, there's only one play that we're traditionally licensing Oh. There's only one play that's with a publisher. Out of the eight. Out of the eight. Oh, that is really interesting. Well, that that, uh, means you're doing a lot of spanking new work that's Uh, just hit the the stages. And one or two, you know, in the public domain pieces. Yes, yes. Both sides. You've got both sides of the Mm -hmm. continuum there. Um, You're doing eight shows this season. Am I right in saying that's the most you've done is eight 
Yes. Yes. Absolutely. For sure. And and that's made possible by your new um, dual theaters, the Spring and West. So so that's one of the things. But I imagine that, that you really have to sort of shift things around and adjust things in order to produce eight shows. Is it is it a huge adjustment or, or do you just ease into it? How, how do you go about that? It's a big adjustment. Yeah. Um, it's a, It requires us to invest more in our team. It requires us to do uh, a lot of um, fancy calendaring mm. and it also it asks a lot of our um, staff and in particular our production team um, but also marketing also front of house everybody who um, you know within the same span of time will welcome more people into the theater to do a, a larger variety of things so it's not without it's it's a it's a weighty decision um, however we have seen there's just so much appetite in the area for it and there's also the incredible potential represented by this building and historically we as a company have done something a little beyond what we can do and then grown into doing it um, rather than waiting for the moment that we've it, it's the the ambition drives the growth um, and it has served us well it served our audience well and I think we've become a very change-adept organization. Mm. Yes, I, I would have to agree with that. Um, well, let's just dive right on into the season, if that's okay. We mentioned that Martin uh, was in the office earlier this week to do a podcast about designing women, mm. which was a very exciting announcement um, to hear. But we certainly uh, didn't talk about it so much that we can't talk about it now, for sure. Um I'm particularly curious about how much involvement you guys might have had in the development or the workshopping of the script as it's gone along, given the experience that you have with your uh, new play festivals that you've been holding every summer. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so, well, you know, the, 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 the unique thing about this particular development project is that it, as a concept with characters, uh, with in character relationships, location, all of that exists, except that, of course, it's being updated to 2020. Um, but those characters are the same age that they were when the TV show was out. So all of that kind of exists. And then, um, but from starting from there and starting from the beginning of this uh, relationship with Linda Bloodworth Thomason and Harry Thomason, uh, we've been in conversation talking about what it means to take a TV show that um, comes in 22 minute bite, oh, actually 44 minute bites. Mm. 22 minute, 44 minute? I think it was a half hour. Was, yeah, so, and then actually create a, a full length play out of that. And those have been really fun conversations. But yeah, we will be um, going out to Los Angeles to do a week long uh, script, uh, work on the script, um, followed by a reading. Um, and we're, we're in real close contact. The way we would be with any other uh, playwright that we're premiering yeah. a, a, a play of. Martin mentioned that the inception of this was you meeting Harry Thomason when he was in town uh, for the new book, his his memoir that he wrote. Did you had you known him before, or was that just sort of a chance meeting? Or it, well, I knew of him, and uh, and and came very close to meeting Linda, um, who uh, who wrote the series. Um, some years back when she came out to do a workshop with the students at the university. Um, but I, I, I basically knew them as sort of, you know, 
of stars in the firmament. <laughs> and I just happened to be in the car and I happened to have KUAF on. And uh, someone announced that Harry Thomason was over at Nightbird Books doing a book talk in this afternoon. And I sort of dropped everything because I wanted to meet him. And um, boy, he'd actually heard of Theater Squared. He knew wow. who I was. And when I invited him to come and take a tour of the building, this is back in September, uh, he was, yeah, I'd love to do that. And that's where it began. He, was, he walked around and at a certain point he said, do you guys do new work? And I said, are you kidding? <laughs> do we? Um, that's who we are. Yeah. And then it took off from there. They had been thinking about this for a while, um, turning the series into a stage play. And I bet they were thrilled with the option of doing it here in Arkansas that they both have such strong ties to, too. Well, yeah, and in that, in that moment, I, I knew that neither, that well, certainly he didn't want to make any kind of commitment, but it was clear immediately that his connection to Arkansas and to the University of Arkansas and Fayetteville and um, uh, weighed really heavily in their, in, in, in who they might want to throw in with in developing this piece. Yeah. Um, and it didn't hurt at all to be standing in that amazing theater yes. and to be able to talk about the Arkansas Arkansas New Play Festival, where we've you know worked on at least fifty plays, probably at this point fifty new plays, um, but but yeah, that connection was was really strong as it was when I was in the reading and looking around and, and you know there's Hayden McElroy and other folks that that uh, from you know sort of old line Northwest Arkansas yeah. community members. Yeah, I love that story. It was fate. It was meant to it be. It really fate. was. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. So great. Um, anything else we need to say about designing women? Just that we're all so excited it's gonna about so it. It's going to be so funny. I can tell you, whenever Linda reels off <laughs> yeah. a one-liner, Bob and I just sit there and giggle. Yeah. I was just reading a treatment, which is more or less an outline, and I was three times um, out loud laughing, which never happens. So. Oh, so we were talking about how you know one of the women um, keeps bringing her daughter to this pageant even though, bless her heart, one of her little legs is shorter than the other. <laughs> and it's just the kind of, it's this kind of humor that's both a little bit wrong <laughs> and also just so funny, you know? Um, she, yeah, so, well, that that series did that a lot. She's, yeah. she's very yeah. skilled at that sort of pushing the envelope. On Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so the second show of the season... Uh, is Violet, a musical, uh, and one of the creators is Janine Tesori. Am I saying her last mm -hmm. name correctly? And so she uh, was the composer of Fun Home, which mm. was a huge hit for you guys. And I'm kind of fascinated uh, when I did a little bit of research on this because it seems like this is a play that has kind of a slow burn to it. Mm -hmm. It started, um, it, it first debuted uh, off-Broadway in 1997, and then uh, a lot of time went by before it um, hit Broadway with um, Sutton Foster, who's mm -hmm. one of my favorites, um, in 2014. But it was very critically well-received, got great reviews, uh, was nominated for a lot of Tonys. Um, tell us a little bit about what makes the show special. Well, people love this play. That's part of why it had the slow burn, you know. I think it's always hard for a great show to have initial production that doesn't hit the way it should. And then, unfortunately, people in the American theater, you know, move on to the next thing. So for them to come back to this piece, to update it, and have an amazing cast on Broadway really reignited people's fervor for this show, um, which, if anything, its themes have become more timely as time have passed. 
has passed. Um, it's set in 1964. It's about a young woman traveling across Arkansas uh, towards Tulsa, Oklahoma, where she hopes for a miracle. And it couldn't be more place appropriate for this area. And then the music that's in it, which has a whole variety mm. from gospel to blues and honky-tonk, also has this real roots feel. And I just, that feels very Northwest Arkansas yes, to yes. me. Yeah, that's yeah. right in. This is the second play that we have done that will have a setting in Fort Smith, a crucial setting in Fort Smith, Arkansas. Who knew it's the hub of the American theater? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I, I think what makes this exciting to me is that it is a quality musical, obviously. Um, like I said, very, very well received, but it might not be that familiar, probably isn't that familiar to most of your audiences. So you get to present this sort of new um, new to them musical to, to an audience that hasn't seen it yet. That's kind of exciting. We love a show that not only is it so much fun to watch because of the music, because of the story, but also it's like so smart. You know, it's a critic's pick in the New York Times and uh, it just melds those two things really nicely. And it's got, it's just, uh, the music is gorgeous, but the story is so rich and complex and the the sort of love story that develops through the course of it is really unexpected um, and really meaningful and really mm. speaks to today. Yeah, it sounds like a really beautiful musical. Mm. Uh, so next, at the wedding, and now this is one you guys had a pretty strong hand in developing, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Tell me a little yeah. bit about this. Uh, so this play we developed at the Arkansas New Play Festival 2018, just last uh, spring. And 19. 19. 19. <laughs> the time is going by so quickly. The years do yeah. march, don't they? Um, and uh, by a playwright who had already had a production, he's a very young playwright, um, who'd had a production at Lincoln Center of a previous play. Um, and through a connection that we've been making with the Woman's Project, a, a theater in New York City, we brought this playwright out to work on it. She kind of fell in love with Fayetteville and with our team. Um, and so I think that the Lincoln Center already had their eye on the next whatever this playwright, Brenna Turner, came up with next. So in fact, um, it is going on to a world premiere at the Lincoln Center in their LCT3 slot. Um, but then uh, we worked it out with them and with her agent to be the uh, first theater in the country after that to be able to present this work. So yeah. uh, we've, we've had, uh, been able to do this in the past and, and we love it. We love, you know, even though, of course, we'd love to be the premiere um, but it really feels like it in a lot of ways yeah. because we had such a hand in developing yeah. it. It changed dramatically during its time here. And I think I think Brenna, the playwright, um, just found this sense of retreat and then also this really um, useful and productive. I mean, she worked. She completely redid the second act while she was here. Um, so it's wonderful that and there's there's no sure things. And in theater, the Lincoln Center Theater then saw that revised script and said, okay, yeah, let's put this into a fall mm -hmm. slot. That's a very prominent and prestigious stamp of endorsement for the work that happened on the play and the quality of the play. Um, can I read what she says about it? Yes, it's I know. So fun. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. So ahead. here's what Brenna says the play is about. Carlo is going to be really well behaved today. She's not going to get drunk. She's not going to give any long-winded speeches. And she's 
definitely not going to try to steal the bride back. <laughs> Who among us hasn't been in that situation? Deeply relatable. Uh, and it sounds like it's a dark comedy, basically. It's a full-on comedy. Full and on it, comedy. it is definitely, I mean, dark is earned in that it's modern, it's kind of edgy, uh, but it is not, it's not like people are dying left and right. It is yeah, a, it is. It's it a is. funny show. It's just a funny yeah. show. It's, a, it, it, it's kind of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, social comedy. It's a comedy yeah. for adults. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that that runs until uh, December thirteenth, and then simultaneously, you will have uh, you will be mounting starting December second, a Christmas Carol adapted by one Bob Ford and Amy Herzberg, uh, which was a huge hit for you guys last year. But I understand that there's a bit of a twist to it. Yes, those of, those of you who came to see A Christmas Carol last year, we heard from a lot of people how cool it was that the adaptation was set in a library. And uh, we did not tell them one of the reasons that the adaptation was set in a library, which is now coming to fruition. 10,000 people came to see this show, which is far and away 10, a theater squared record. That's crazy. Um, and we are excited to be bringing the show back in a new Northwest Arkansas tradition at the new Fayetteville Public Library. Yay! That will be so amazing. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, it, that's a good point, Martin, because we, we very much had that in mind as a probability, um, but couldn't talk about it to anyone. Um, although I must say, uh, it's, it's Amy Herzberg who came up with this idea of what if we set it in a library and there's a, a little kid who's left behind and, you know... Um, and boy, it just sort of took on a life of its own, that, that idea, whether or not it was going to end up at the Fayetteville Public Library. But happily, yeah. it's working out. Yeah, yeah. A, a site specific theater is, just always adds that extra element. Will you, this might be way premature, but any idea of the seating capacity of it? Will it change much from, from how many you can? We think that there will, you'll be able to accommodate about four, between four and 500 people at each Wow. Oh, this is going to be so exciting. And we designed the set so the exact same set will go over there and live on their, um, uh, on the floor plan of their stage. Oh, great. So, yeah. Oh, that's, that's something to look forward to for sure. I think they're planning to do things like read-alouds of, of Dickens for kids, maybe a figgy pudding uh, cooking class. We'll see. <laughs> a lot of yeah. tie-ins. A lot, a lot of good ideas for that's collaboration great. with the library. All right. The next one I absolutely adore the sound of this next one uh it's called school girls or the african mean girls play um and i looked up the new york times review and they used the word gleeful no less than three times wow. in this review and i thought well that really says something um about this show it sounds like this one's going to be a lot of fun can you tell me a little bit about it yeah, uh, so it is, it's set in a girls' school in Ghana, and the, uh, there, it, it's, it's got that, that uh, a world that I don't have, never had direct access to, which is that, comp that sort of com competition that happens between girls around uh, beauty pageants and appearance and status and it just gets in there rolls up its sleeves and it's really funny but also very real and 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 meaningful because of that yeah it was it was it became something of a phenomenon in its new york debut i think unexpectedly everyone loved this playwright 
Um, but the play had to be extended twice um, in its off-Broadway premiere. So there was a lot of critical hubbub and a lot of popular demand. And again, that great merging of two, two great things that uh, came together. We're, one thing that I love about the show is just that it takes this something so familiar to us, for anybody who's seen mm. Mean Girls mm-hmm. um, or is familiar with any of a dozen uh, movies or books that uh, kind of revolves around a similar uh, set of circumstances, setting it in Africa, in contemporary, well, actually 1980s, Africa, is, is such a lens. You, it's something you know and somewhere you don't so much. Mm-hmm. And it helps you not only to enjoy this this sort of premise freshly as you might not if you just saw the same if you just saw went and saw Mean Girls again mm-hmm. you know um, but uh, to be but also to have a new lens on a new culture and yeah. uh, society it sounds amazing uh, next is a Shakespeare play Twelfth Night now I looked back at your season and I may be missing something but is this the th- only the third William Shakespeare you guys have produced, is that right? I know you did. Sort of the second, second and a, second yeah. and a half. Yeah. Second we and did a half. summer uh, tour, sort of uh, uh, low. Well, uh, we just, it was more of community outreach. Yeah, so yeah. Like, there was um, a midsummer early on. A long time ago. But um, in terms of full productions in the regular season, um, it's just this one and Hamlet. Hamlet. So, I, I, no competition. I, yeah, <laughs> but but this one was um, possibly suggested a, a possible callback to a show that you guys did this year. Yes. Can mm-hmm. you talk a little bit about the inspiration for for producing this show? Yeah, the whole the whole time that I I, I was I watched a lot of the rehearsals for Shakespeare in Love, watched a lot of the performances Shakespeare in Love, which kicked off not only the season but our new home. Um, last August and September, and I just thought, oh man, could we do it? It's it 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 calls for a sequel, which is the play that that Shakespeare begins to write at the very end of Shakespeare in Love, uh, and that is Twelfth Night, and and uh, it, it I don't think I can call to mind what the Queen what Queen Elizabeth says, but basically she says Shakespeare will. How about a comedy next time? <laughs> um, something for Twelfth Night, and then and then the main character's name is is Viola, and uh, it just you just want to do Twelfth Night after that. I mean, it's so much fun. Yeah. It's a it's very much a comedy, but with all of the depths suggested by the fact that it starts with a shipwreck. You know, there's everybody desperately wants something. Uh, whether it's the person they love, whether it's the person they thought they lost, uh, whether it's revenge, um, the stakes are so high, and which is why I think it's so very funny. Um, there's this moment at the end uh, where um, the, uh, the countess is <laughs> uh, standing, and she uh, it's, something is revealed to her. I guess there's not many surprises. Well, night I won't say it anyway. Something is revealed, and she goes, <laughs> most wonderful. <laughs> and that that very much describes the show. Um, it, it, it is a, there's so many revelations and so much fun, and a little bit of swordplay and music, too. And in keeping with a season that really uh, features a lot of amazing uh, women and female roles, um, Really, the two the two strong role the two kind of dominant roles in this piece are are Viola and Olivia, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of whom cross dresses as a guy, 
for much of the play. Yeah, for her own safety. Yeah. Um, because uh, her father had made enemies of the Duke Orsino, mm. I believe. Anyway. That's, it's, it's one of his lightest, brightest comedies, I think it's known as. So I'm, I'm but, ex- not ex- but not slightest. But not slightest. Yes, I'm excited to see y'all's take on that. Um, and, and so next is The Half-Life of Marie Curie by Lauren Gunderson, who is and has been since 2016 the most produced uh, playwright in the United States, but still has yet to have a show debut on Broadway, I think, is... Not yet on Broadway, no, but she, yes in New York. <laughs> she, she's known for really accessible plays that still cover very important issues. And really well-written, Really too, well-written. Thing. It's, it's almost as though, you know, most of what ends up on Broadway starts somewhere in the nonprofit theater. Um, it's almost as if her shows work just so well that it's like... It, you don't even need the additional exclamation point of a commercial run. There, there's so as anyone who came to see Miss Bennett Christmas at Pemberley, which was her play, which we did uh, now two holidays ago, um, it just doesn't leave you wanting more. You are very happy with the experience you had at that show, and you also feel like you learned something new. That's certainly the case with Marie Curie. Um, I had no idea she won two Nobel prizes in two separate areas, which. No one has that done. <laughs> She's, and she did it at a time when she wasn't even admitted into the uh, Academy of Sciences in her own country because they had this whole thing about how can we, ad- how can we admit a woman if a woman's just part of a man? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, can you imagine working against those odds and yet becoming the most, by all measures, prominent scientist in the world? Yeah. So it's an amazing uh, story, and it's also her paired with an, another amazing scientist, and the, it's about their relationship and some of the toughest times that she goes through and what pulled her through it. And, and to go back to what you said, Bob, another play with some very strong female characters in it, too. Yeah, I, I think uh, we all, most of us have heard of Marie Curie, but Herta Ayrton, who's this British uh, electro... Electro... electro uh, some kind of clearly didn't work in the theater. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, uh, at, at this sort of lovely uh, relationship that develops over decades and has its ups and downs. Um, yeah. So it's it's it. You learn a lot of science, um, and that apparently I still have some to learn. But but then it's also really about this this beautiful relationship between these two incredibly smart women. I love the. Time Out New York quote we have here, both because it captures something about the show, but also because as a dad, I love puns. It says, enlightening and entertaining, it radiates empowerment. (laughs) Well, and that, I think, is sort of the summary of all of Gunderson's plays, really. That's that's why they're so popular, I think. Um, And so... Your last, your eighth show of the season um, sounds like it's going to be a really joyful, optimistic, and a fun play about music. It's not a musical, but it sounds like it will have a lot of music uh, throughout the show. It's called American Mariachi. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, there's, so there's this category that's developed, I've watched over the last 10 years or so in American theater, of the play with music. And uh, we've, we've come to love the presence of live music in plays, whether or not it's technically a musical. Um, and this is just loaded with 
with you know there is no such thing as non-joyous mariachi <laughs> can you imagine i mean what is what is less energetic than a mariachi yeah. band yeah it is always like i mean if if a mariachi band starts playing everybody looks yeah uh <laughs> and it's it's really fun um this group of women in the show who's, who decide to start there at the time what was kind of verboten you know this all-female mariachi band it's set in the 70s in the u.s um, and there, are, it, it is a group of um, young women who say, you know what, I, I don't understand why this is, I, let's go and make our own. And there's, as Bob was saying, just so much music, so much so you would almost call it a musical. Um, in fact, it is accompanied by a live, actual mariachi band. Oh, fine. Uh, <laughs> which is really exciting. Yeah. And uh, it's just a joyous way to close things out sounds like the perfect ending play of a, of a very eclectic, very exciting season that you guys have planned. And um, before the mics went on, we were talking about how you also do a school tour. You, you said 80 schools, is that right? Yeah. Free show goes to 80 schools every year in Arkansas, Missouri, and Oklahoma. And exposing kids to the arts, we know, is one of the most beneficial things you can do for on a whole variety of of reasons um improves school performance a lot of the time so we're lucky that that there are a lot of students around sure. the state getting to see that and then the arkansas new play festival which you have been doing not since theater squared started but started a few years after 2009 2009 so that's that's um you had your 10 10th year anniversary than last year for that and we're going into the 11th and it will be our 12th i think 12th it's actually year. the 12th new yeah. play festival yeah. coming up in next year yeah yeah so uh we develop four or five brand new scripts uh and we do um we do stage readings of them we invite the public in to give feedback um, and we bring playwrights from all around the country and also uh, regionally and in usually uh, an Arkansas playwright is included and um, yeah, it's actually right around the corner this year um, first couple weeks of April we'll have performances at the momentary and here at theater squared uh, we're, uh, we're about to announce the lineup but it's got a one-man murder mystery the return of Clinicia Sibley a playwright whom we love um, I guess I won't just list the whole thing, but it's really <laughs> exciting. We'll yeah. do a separate podcast. It's, it's for a that. bit capacity limited, but yeah. it is uh, it's a really interesting and fun way to get a lot of new theater all at once. And generally, uh, a lot of actors are involved, and this is your slow time. This is your dead time is when you mount the the new the new play Not this festival. Year, but often <laughs> normally, but yeah. we'll in fact have two plays running during the Arkansas New That's Play crazy. Festival. We'll have Anne and My Father's War both running at the same time oh as gosh. the six plays that will feature in the Arkansas New Play Festival. So entirely modest. I don't know that you have a slow time anymore. I think those are the days of the past. I don't I don't I think things are bustling over there. We're Pretty planning for a week in July to be sort of a normal schedule. <laughs> That's, I'm, I'm glad you get <laughs> yeah. a week. That's It's only fair for all of you. Well, thank you both for coming down and talking to us about the new season. Thank you. I'm super yeah, excited. Thank you and very much. We'll, um, we'll be there to see it all happen. We'll so see I'm you excited. at the theater. Yeah, thank see you, you there. That's Thanks, guys. Gorgeous. Thank you.